You uh, might have noticed we started a couple of minutes early. Uh, that's because we have some exciting things. What we're doing is we're testing out our new live system. And uh, if all works this week as we test out our new system, um, if we get shut off by the sensors, guess what? We still get to go. And uh, that's exciting. So um, we're going to be able to be on our app. We're going to be able to be on the website, all of those different things. We, If we get censored by YouTube and Facebook, uh, we don't have to... Uh, you can still watch us. So that's cool. We'll still be on Roku. And uh, so this is a test. And um, I hope it blesses you guys. We could use your prayers because it's been a lot of work getting here. And also, here's something to pray about. We'll finally be able to do Too Hot for YouTubes. So we're shooting for that next week. We have the conferences coming up this week. In fact, if you haven't registered for the live stream yet, I encourage you to. It's only $14.99. Uh, it's going to be terrific. As you know, Billy Crone's going to be there, Brandon Holthouse, Monkey Works. Um, it's just going to be over the top. We have Andy Woods is going to be there. Let's see, Don Stewart, Don Perkins, James Cadiz, uh, Joe Pettick, and David Tal is going to be opening up the conference on Friday. And uh, I'm looking at all this going on in Israel. We're going to get to that in just a minute. It's just great. David's going to be in person. He's actually here from Israel so really looking forward to that. And uh, again, it's only $14.99. You can go to the app and you can register there. You can also go to the website, hopeforourtimes.com, and register there. And by the way, our trip to Israel is full, the one coming up in the fall. But if you go to the events page, you click on it, it'll take you to a waiting list for uh, the other trips that we have coming up, uh, Lord willing, that is in 2023. Okay, a lot of ground to cover. We're in Amos chapter 7, actually, uh, chapter 8. It's actually a short chapter, so not a lot of ground there, but it's, it's very impactful. Um, the things that were happening, the judgment that came, and the reasons why. We're going to see them with details that we have not seen to this point in Amos. In fact, the other prophets, we really don't see this type of detail that we're going to see here in just a few minutes. So uh, the title of this message that I gave it is Straight From... Um, the uh, uh, Bible itself from Amos chapter 8. It is famine of the word because this is what Amos says. Here's the problem. You guys are going to be looking for the word of God because you're going to realize it's your only hope and you're not going to be able to find the word of God anywhere. Folks, we are headed there right now, aren't we? All right, a couple of news items just to bring, it, bring us up to speed before we get going. I'll do some updates this week, uh, but uh, first off, Look at this one. This from Zero Hedge. The revolution has begun 75,000 Brits to stop paying power bills amid inflation storm. Here's this next article. Supply chain problems will persist because the system is being sabotaged. I want you to think of that. Think of this article. The system is being sabotaged because it comes into play here in Amos chapter uh, chapter 8, as we're going to see in just a couple of minutes. Um but it's really amazing as you look at supply chains, you look at, uh, we're looking at the, the uh, financial crises, wars and rumors of wars, everything been, being manipulated. We're looking at uh, inflation and so forth. Really remarkable. Okay, uh, let's go over here to this next article out of the Jerusalem Post. Certainly many of you have been paying attention to this over the last 24 hours, after last 48 hours really, after New Gaza strike, Israel says it has killed all Islamic Jihad leaders. So if you have uh, the red alert on your phone, that app like I do on mine, you'll be getting all kinds of alerts of the rockets that have been coming out of Gaza into the various parts of southern Israel and out into the desert there also. And um, so what's going on? And we, we think of this also at the time of Tish B'Av, which is right now. It means the ninth of Av, Tish meaning nine. Uh, Tishbahav, well, uh, Tishbahav is the date that Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the first temple when uh, the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem. Remember that? Tishbahav, the first temple, was destroyed. And then the second temple under Titus was destroyed on the same date, the exact same date, Tishbahav, 70 AD. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. There's something about that date. I did a, a program this past week with Pete Garcia on Monday 
We talked about that. You can go back and check it out. We connected a lot of the dots, or he did, with Tishbaab and the various things that he had found that connected. And there are a lot of them that affect Israel and the Jew Jewish people over Tishbaab. And now we have this uh, battle taking place, Tishbaab. But here, think of this. What's going on as of right this minute? This is live. Uh, there's a ceasefire, at least I haven't checked my, my alerts in the last few minutes, but uh, there's supposedly a ceasefire. We'll see how it goes. But listen to this. So when you look at this, this is the Islamic Jihad. It's the Iranians. It's a proxy arm of the Iranians, certainly testing Israel. But think of this. The entire senior Islamic Jihad leadership has been eliminated. It is gone in Gaza, completely wiped out. The Israelis wiped them out. Entire Jihad teams completely eliminated by the Israelis. Entire Jihad soldier groups completely eliminated by the Israelis in Operation Breaking Dawn. Um, think of this also. Over 1,000 rockets have been fired, or right about 1,000 rockets have been fired by the Islamic Jihad, again, a proxy of, of Iran. And out of those, 96% were eliminated by Iron Dome. Now, Iron Dome costs about 50 grand each just to knock down, uh, just to shoot one of those rockets at their, one of those missiles at their rockets uh, to take it out. Uh, but 96%, so it wasn't real effective what Islamic Jihad was doing. Also, I read that 15% of the rockets that were fired from Gaza landed back in their own neighborhoods. So it's just devastating uh, the Palestinian people that are living there. They don't want this stuff. The Israeli Jews don't want this stuff. Iran wants this stuff. But listen, folks, again, the entire senior Islamic Jihad leadership is gone, has been eliminated. That is amazing. Entire jihad teams completely eliminated. So, um, you know, continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but we live in interesting days. All right, I want to connect a couple more things before we move on and look at Amos. And Damon Duck, I, I love reading Damon Duck, as you guys know, I'll post this article on my website tomorrow. I have many different things to say. Uh, he, this article is titled, The End Game Hasn't Changed has a lot of things in here, I can't go over all of them, but he writes one of the things concerning food shortages and famine, uh, the B, uh, BASF, one of the largest producers of fertilizer in the world announced that it will drastically cut its production of ammonia fertilizer uh, and uh, farmers can expect the price to soar in 2023. Insufficient fertilizer and higher fertilizer prices will result in less food production, more food shortages, possible famine and higher food prices. Now we're hearing about this and hearing about it. It's still coming. It's in the future. I say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I certainly hope so. It's been reported that governments are pressuring companies to reduce their production of fertilizer because government officials want to meet Agenda 2030 Sustainable Development. That'd be the climate change goals. I have been sounding the alarm on the climate change laws for years, folks, years. And I've been warning it's going to come. And now they're here and it's gonna get ugly. But as you think of this, they're saying at a time we need, we need more fertilizer, they're saying cut back. So we've seen what's going on with the Netherlands, with the farmers' protests now in Canada. We're watching these things happen. In, uh, over in uh, England, 75,000 Brits are saying we're not gonna pay our electric bill. So we're watching this, people are getting ticked off. But when you look at, we're gonna get there in a minute, as I mentioned, with Amos chapter eight, you're gonna see what's taking place, the leadership intentionally, in Amos chapter 8, uh, they raise the prices on the people, the masses of the people, or as you, you, uh, Yuval Noah Harari calls us, the useless people. What for? They're going to make their money. It's, it's greed. It's their God. Um, they serve Satan. You know, this, this is what's happening. And we're going to see it in Amos chapter 8 in just a minute. So we have that intentional increase in fertilizer prices. Uh, other things too. Now, listen, you, you got to hear this one. He writes this, concerning world government and cent central bank digital currency, that'd be CBDCs, and I, I quoted this article earlier in one of my updates this past week. Catherine Fitz, former Assistant Secretary of Housing under President George H.W. Uh, Bush said the CBDC is a global financial system, not a digital currency. According to, to Fitz, 
Central bankers are trying to create a system where they are completely free of the laws of nation states and governments. They are inserting sovereign immunity from all laws and literally trying to create a civilization under the law where they are free to do whatever they want, including, as we know it, genocide. Um, she goes on to say, uh, uh, or as he, he writes, as I understand, Fitz believes bankers are trying to create a system that will allow them to legally seize everyone's money and property so that they own and control everything and citizens own and control nothing. That, that reminds me, and he even uh, comments on it here, that in the words of Klaus Schwab, by 2030, you're going to own nothing and be happy. I have all different ideas of how that is going to come about. CBDCs, I think, are a huge part of that, if not the largest. But there's other things that we'll get to in just a minute, too. But of CBDCs, listen to this. Um, on March 9th, uh, the Biden administration released an executive order instructing a long list of federal agencies to study digital assets and to propose numerous reports about their use and proposals to regulate them. Much of the executive order is focused on cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin and Ethereum, which run on blockchain technology and have become increasingly popular among many investors and consumers in recent years. But there's an even more important to, uh, part of the executive order. Biden has instructed the federal government and Federal Reserve to lay the groundwork for a potential new U.S. currency, a digital dollar. Okay, this doesn't, listen, this is going to affect the whole world what's going on here. And I want you to keep this in mind. Again, I promise we'll get to Amos in a few more minutes, about two more minutes. But um, lay the groundwork. So what's going on with this? He says, we're going to lay the groundwork for potential new U.S. currency. We're going to see that. If the United States were to adopt a digital currency like the one discussed in Biden's executive order, it would be one of the most dramatic expansions of federal power ever made, one that could put individuals and businesses in grave danger of losing their social and economic freedoms. Um, I have a lot more I want to say about this, but I'm going to save that for later on in the week uh, when I do an update um, because I really want to get to Amos. And uh, so we're going to go there. And, uh, and this is what Damon Duck says as this connects with Amos chapter 8. Again, the title of this message, here it is, Famine of the Word. And listen to these words by Damon Duck. Same article, Concerning America's Decline, the underlying problem is America's abandonment of God. A recent Gallup poll found that less than 20% of American citizens believe that the Bible is the literal word of God. Less than 20%. In fact, the numbers become more staggering. It's like 96% have a really hard time having a biblical worldview. Wow. Uh, then he, he goes, electing leaders that oppose biblical values has negatively impacted the beliefs and morals of America. Without God's guidance, the decision of those leaders are faulty and the consequences are not good. Uh, friends, I would say they are not good indeed. And uh, here's the great news. Jesus is coming and we're going home. I will say this, uh, just the last few days for me have been very odd in my head. I have been very troubled in my heart. And um, just, I, I just, I just sense, listen, I just sense there's bad stuff coming, really bad things coming. And um, I, in, in a way that I've never uh, sensed before. And I, I don't know if it means that we're going to be raptured. And then after that, it's all hell breaks loose, the beginning of the tribulation period. I don't know exactly what it means, but I, my, I'm, I'm disturbed but when I think of all the people that are turning from the Lord, don't want to hear about what the truth of the Bible is. Isn't that amazing? At a time when the Bible has the answers for what's going on, everybody pretty much knows things are messed up. People are turning away from the Lord, and they're turning over to these wicked things. Uh, I pray that there's a great wake-up call. Um, uh, it may be part of the wake-up call of some kind of catastrophe. I don't know. But I, I do hope that God calls us home soon. Um, I think of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, where when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them. Who are they? Who are them? Those are those, the ones that aren't raptured. And sudden destruction comes upon them. God's desire is that none should perish. 
um, but that all should come to repentance. But there comes a time when God's patience runs out, and it's going to run out tonight in Amos chapter 8. And uh, let's get going. But again, I want you to, to be encouraged and know that Jesus loves us. He's going to get us safely to the other side. And the day is coming when we are going to be home with him. And I don't think it's going to be long. I think, folks, we are almost there. It's just around the corner. It's just around the corner. So hold on. So in Amos chapter 8, Amos uh, begins his thoughts based on his farming. Remember, he was a sycamore farmer, a farmer of sycamore fruit. You think, what kind of fruit is sycamore fruit? We talked about that in, in a couple of the past messages here with Amos. But he opens with an illustration of rotten, overripe summer fruit. Uh, when summer fruit is on the tree too long, um, it gets gross. It gets soft. It gets mushy. Um, and the beautiful smell that it has when it's first there, like think of nectarines and peaches and plums, these summer fruit, and you think, oh, this is so good. But when they're there too long, they start to get gross. And then, and then you, the next thing you know, you get flies. And the next thing you know, you get, it's just mushy and yucky. And <coughs> the flies, you get maggots. This is the description that Amos is giving in Amos chapter 8. The idea that, um, that's the idea that's behind the place where we are, and you won't be able to miss the point. And the first thing that Amos brings up is, uh, number one, it's their sinful condition, uh, as he describes this ripe fruit. Look at this, Amos chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. Thus the Lord God showed me, behold, a basket of summer fruit. And he said to me, Amos, what do you see? So I said, a basket of summer fruit. And then the Lord said to me, the end has come upon my people Israel. I will not pass by them anymore. And the songs of the temple shall be wailing in that day, says the Lord God. Many dead bodies everywhere, they shall be thrown out in silence. This is pretty gross, pretty straightforward. God is saying you are ready for judgment. You are ripe for judgment. You are overripe. It is absolutely disgusting. The summer fruit left on the trees too long. It is a stench. He's letting us know that Israel at that time was ready for judgment. And the correlation between then and now, folks, you, you can't miss it. And you don't want to miss it. So God says, what do you see? He says, a basket of summer fruit. In other words, summer fruit is the end of the year fruit. Uh, we've had the spring fruit. Now this is the summer fruit. This is the end. This is it. We're at the end. So God is making a double play on words here. It is the end of the year fruit, and it is the end. The end has come. There shall be wailing in that day, dead bodies everywhere. And then he says, uh, they shall be thrown out in silence. Wow. It's the end of the year fruit. It is the end. The end of my patience has come. I mentioned, and you guys know it, God's desire is that none should perish, but he also tells us that there is a time, in fact, where he says that, his desire is that none should perish, he says that in 2 Peter chapter 3, where in the last days scoffers will come, say, where's the promise of his coming, and they, the people just choose to ignore the facts, they choose to ignore the truth, the biblical truth, along with what's going on in the world, so they can see it. But they've made a decision to be ignorant. It's a, in fact, he even says they willfully forget. They just, they, it's a choice that the people make. It says a thousand years is as a day, a day is as a thousand years. My desire is none should perish, but that day is going to come to an end. And then he goes on to describe the ends of the heaven and the earth. And then we ought to be looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord. Why would God want us to do, the, to do that? Because God wants to deal with sin and he wants to deal with he wants to judge sin. It's disgusting. Uh, Satan has his day, and, and, and God's going to do away with sin. In fact, in Daniel chapter 9, 70, day, 70 weeks excuse me, are uh, determined for your people, for your city, to do away with transgression, to do away with sin, to fulfill all prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. That would be uh, Jesus. Okay, moving on. It's also worth noting that in Israel, although there were other summer fruits that were harvested for Israel, figs were typically thought of as the end of the year fruit. Um, but when you, when you look at this, 
in regards to Amos. So Amos is giving these prophecies of still probably 20 or 30 years before the actual judgment comes. Uh, when is the judgment coming here? I don't know. I've been saying this for 30 years. Um, and many prophecy teachers before me have been saying it uh, decades and decades before me that the day is coming. But as we look at the word, we know it's got to wind up and we can see the direction everything is going. But when I think of this ripe for judgment, you know where my mind goes? I'll show you. It uh, goes to Revelation chapter uh, 14. Listen to this. Revelation chapter 14. After the angels fly around the planet saying that Babylon is being judged, um, saying don't receive the mark of the beast or you will never be able to repent. After that, Revelation chapter 14, verse 14, listen to these words because it speaks of a planet that is ripe for judgment, a people that are ripe for judgment. And then, tell me, after we finish this and I show you the next thing, it does not look like we are ripe for judgment. I'll show you that in a second. But look, look at this, Revelation chapter 14, verse 14. Then I looked and behold a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. That's the same imagery that Amos is giving us in Amos chapter 8. So he, sat, he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And then another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar who had the power over the fire, and he cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. It's the idea that planet earth is so sick with sin, so ripe, so overripe, bursting with just absolute wickedness, God says, I'm done. Folks, we're almost there. So the angel thrust in his sickle, verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 19 of Revelation. So the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city, and blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridles for 1,600 furlongs. This is talking about a river of blood uh, in the area of the nation of Israel that leads up to the time of Armageddon, or part of Armageddon people uh, it would be associated with. So look at this. God says, I'm done. It's over. They're just, uh, it's just sick. Um, what has happened? Amos says the fruit is ripe. It's so ripe, it's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Revelation 14, God's patience has run out. It's disgusting. Folks, tell me this is not disgusting. Look at this. Students at Ritzy New York High School forced to attend drag show in church. And I'm like, I spared you the video. I'm not going to show you the video. It's absolutely disgusting. Most of you have seen this. Uh, this is from August 3rd, so you're looking back a few days ago. Uh, and for many of you, you've seen it, you go, ah, that's old news. I saw that a few days ago because things move so fast. This is part of the problem that we have in our culture. Yeah, I've already seen it. I saw that yesterday. Show me something new. Listen, this is sick, folks. This is sick. Look at that again. This uh, Students at this high school forced to attend drag show in a church. I believe it's Episcopalian church. Friends, we're in trouble. We are ripe. Look at this one. Gay nightclub allows child attendance at upcoming all-ages drag show. So you don't think we are ripe for judgment? Friends, we have trouble. So we have number of uh, uh, verses 1 through 3 is the reason uh, is the, uh, Israel's ready for judgment. I believe the world's ready for judgment. A second thing, verses 4 through 6, is the reasons for judgment. And this is where the dots really start to connect. I'll give you the reasons. Here they are. Ready? Oppression of the people and greed of the leaders. And you have, I mean, if you can't see the connection here with the greed of the leaders and what's going on, oh, baby. Think, I want you to think supply chains, um, inflation. Um, all these different things that we are watching, the CBDCs, which I mentioned, central bank digital currencies, have nothing to do 
with your blessings, although they're sold to us as blessings to all of us, it's about complete control of the masses of people. Check this out. Check this out. It's going to fit here in Amos in just a second. But listen to this. Un this is about the CBDCs and, and Biden's executive order. Unlike the current dollar, a central bank digital currency would not exist in physical form, meaning you wouldn't be able to go to a bank or ATM and withdraw it, which you guys know that. It's important to understand that the digital dollar would not be similar uh, to cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. Cryptocurrencies operate on blockchain technology, which is decentralized by design. Uh, so no group or individual can truly control cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum, right? Okay, here it is. Digital dollars, on the other hand, would be traceable and program programmable. The Federal Reserve or some other designated entity would have the ability to create more digital dollars whenever it sees fit. And depending on how the legislation is written, setting up the currency, the dollars could be formulated to have various rules and restrictions built into their design. For example, a digital dollar could be crafted to restrict fossil fuel use, to give bonuses to people for spending at particular businesses, to enact de facto price controls by disallowing, here you go, users from spending too much on particular products or even to redistribute wealth. It goes on and says a whole lot more here uh, um, about financial inclusion. In fact, in the Biden executive order, uh, financial inclusion is mentioned five times. Uh, equity and climate change are mentioned four times each. In other words, you're going to get, um, based on how well you do everything with climate change laws and and other people, if you go out to restaurants too much, we've decided we're gonna shut you down. Uh, you, we're not gonna give you enough digital currency. Friends, you look at this and you go, this is just truly a remarkable thing. Now, in this article says this, um, the, uh, Biden has instructed the federal government and Federal Reserve to lay the groundwork for potential new US currency, a digital dollar. Okay, did you get that? He's instructed to lay the groundwork for this massive control. Check this out. Now the end begins. You've probably seen this all over lately. I started following this a while back, uh, but he put together a great article on this. He said this, uh, now the end begins news podcast. Why do Joe Biden and the Democrats need 87,000 new IRS agents to flight climate change and inflation? They don't. So again, Biden's executive orders, 87,000 IRS agents, why? Again, Biden's executive order instructed the federal government and Federal Reserve to lay the groundwork for potential new U.S. currency, a digital dollar. So you start looking at, so that's why we got the 87,000 IRS agents. Check this out. Uh, Jeffrey... Uh, Greider goes on to say, the Democrats' new Inflation Reduction Act will create a progressive socialist IRS agency where the government will replace the existing system of voluntary compliance and force file your taxes for you. How's that? Having your taxes force filed for you. This doesn't sound good. Democrats want to drastically expand the size and power of the IRS. If the left have its way, the Tax and Spend Inflation Reduction Act reconciliation bill will create an IRS that will excessively audit, harass, and intrude into the lives of Americans. Despite what they claim, new IRS enforcement won't be borne by the rich and large corporations. They already employ armies of accountants and lawyers to protect them from the agency. Instead, middle-class families and small businesses will be targeted especially self-employed people and cash-heavy businesses like restaurants, retailers, barbershops, etc. Is this one last power grab before the red wave washes them out of the ruling majority? I, I don't know about one last power grab uh, before the red wave washes. I'm looking at the, this election coming up in November thinking, I don't know what's going to happen. But this is, they have frightening plans. <laughs> How's this connect with Amos? Check this out again. The reasons why God judged the people back then, tell me this doesn't sound like everything we just looked at. Listen to this. Listen to this. Hear this. He even says it. Hear this. Verse 4, you who swallow up the needy and make the poor of the land fail, 
saying, when will the new moon be, be passed that we may sell grain and the Sabbath that we may trade wheat, making the ephah small and the shekel large, falsifying the scales by deceit that we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, even sell the bad wheat. What do you have here? Again, I already uh, showed it to you. Oppression of the people, the greed of the leaders. Uh, greed is good. So what's happening here in Amos, when you look at it, what do they do? They're saying, let's get rid of the God stuff. Again, look at this. When will the new moon be passed that we may sell grain and the Sabbath that we may trade wheat? Ah, making the ephah small and the shekel large. In other words, this is about the money. Follow the money trail. We'll be able to sell the poor and even trade them for a pair of sandals. We'll get our slaves. All these people are going to work for us. Ah, that's what's going on. You look at what's going on right now. Listen, it is about you owning nothing and being happy. Who's going to own everything? Amos chapter 8. They're going to own everything. The elite, the ruling class, they're going to own everything. Not you and I. Just as it was then. It's happening again now, except now it's happening on a large scale. It's happening on a global scale. Hence, you enter in CBDCs. Uh, you enter in all of the other things that you see. Well, why is it the supply chains are doing this? I believe they're absolutely, these are manufactured crises that are taking place. Why does the gas price go up? Well, wait a minute. We have an election. The gas prices are starting to come down. What a quinky dink. They're manipulating because they can, and they know they can. Imagine, 87,000 new IRS agents. Why? They're coming after us. This is Amos, chapter 8. This is absolutely remarkable. Check this out. What is this about regarding the new moon and the Sabbath? Uh, look at both of these things. So the new moon is a reference uh, to the feast days, the holy days of Israel that were timed according to the moon's orbit and rotation, right? The feast days. So think of that. Uh, and the Sabbaths, or Shabbat, are the days of the weeks, Friday sundown to sundown Saturday, that Israel is to rest and celebrate, giving the attention, honor, and praise and thanks to the Lord on high, to, to Jehovah. So, in other words, they're saying, uh, the shekel's better, let's oppress the people. Hey, we can control the masses of the people, but here's the deal. Let's get rid of the new, the, the, the new moon, the, the feast days. They're not that. Listen, let them celebrate a little bit, but, but we're moving on from that. We're moving on from Shabbat. Uh, we're not going to celebrate the Sabbath. We're not going to, nah. Okay, give them the Sabbath. Let them think they're doing it, but let's charge a lot of money. Let's make this work out for us. We're going to get, and you know what we can do? We're really going to stick it to the, um, the, uh, the other people, the little people, that's what we're going to do. We're going to make them pay a price. We'll have slaves, the poor people. Uh, falsif we'll falsify the scales. Look at that, verse 5. You know, the fact checkers, liars. Here's, how you, here, here's what you do. If you, get, if you see a fact check, this report of false, you know right away that that information is true, that they're saying is false. So think of that with the fact checkers. Whenever you see it, it's kind of like any decision Biden makes, you know, you should think the opposite right? Uh, it's these constant lies that are, if you want to stay on the winning side, you want to stay on the right side, you want to stay on the correct side, whatever they're telling you, do the opposite and you'll be okay. But instead of celebrating um, and blessing God and each other during the new moons and the Sabbaths, during the feast days and the Sabbaths, the greedy leaders just wanted the feast days and Sabbath days to end so they could get back to cheating the poor and uh, the middle class. They didn't want to give attention to God. Now we're, we're done with that. It was about the mighty dollar. The holy days took away from people spending money. Uh, in Israel, Sabbath days are, are, were to be a time of celebration and joy. And in fact, so for observing Jews, uh, they're back, they're at that place. I've seen them and, and they, they really are. Um, but Amos is saying, uh, that the greedy are making it miserable for the people instead of a time of celebration, they're making it a time of oppression, and they'll even change the cost of things. If that's what's necessary, you're going to celebrate the Shabbat, it's going to cost you a little bit more money for the food that day, since you're going to be closed, everybody's going to be closed, we're going to make money on this. So again, I look at everything, it's just manipulating. They're manipulating things back then, it even says you falsify the scales. 
You, you, you make the poor of the land fail. You, it's a manufactured crisis in Amos chapter 8. But the manufactured crisis of today is, is way larger than it used to be. Listen, I have a theory, and, and I have a feeling I'm right. We won't know for sure until time goes a little bit further. As we're watching all these manufactured crises, and we have this principle of Amos 8 being played out on a much larger scale, we think of the words of Klaus Schwab, by 2030 you'll have nothing and be happy. And it's not just Klaus Schwab. He's just one vocalizing it. But he's got, you've all know Harari's telling him this is what you're going to say. Um, other world leaders, they're all, they're all in the game with this. Henry Kissinger, they're all in the same game. Uh, Biden's a puppet. Uh, he's a puppet of the current whoever's running the show. Look, I look at all of the things. I'm reading this executive order on CBDCs. There's no way Biden thought of any of this. None of it. Biden didn't think of any of it. It's impossible. Um, he's not running anything. He's a puppet. China owns him. The Ukraine, uh, uh, Ukraine owns him. Um, you know, it, what, what a mess, right? Okay, everything's manufactured, just like Amos chapter 8. I want you to think of this. So where I live in Southern California, um, they're pushing houses, new houses are being built more and more out near where we live. It's because it's an expandable area. It's hot, it's a desert, and it's, it's affordable housing uh, out here, uh, which brings along with it some other problems too. But nevertheless, it's California and crime is what crime is. Okay, so, but with that, I'm looking and got all these housing starts. I mean, a lot of them. I can drive 10 miles that way and all kinds of housing starts. And right here in our valley, housing starts. I'm thinking, okay, they're working hard at all these houses. But I read the real estate. I follow the real estate market. I've followed the real estate market for years because I used to be in real estate before I was a pastor. So I look at this and I think, okay, something fishy's going on. I remember 2008 and the collapse. I remember the collapse from way back, late 80s, early 90s. I, I was in it back then. I remember watching these things. I remember the Jimmy Carter days before that. And, and so watching, I'm watching now, it's very strange. Why are they still rushing to build all these big homes, beautiful homes, when you can see things starting to go like this? You can watch them. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. You know, you see interest rates going up. Houses are costing a lot more for the same size house. You know, $400,000 home now costs way more than a $400,000 home did a year ago because the interest rates, you're going, okay, what's really going on? I have a theory. BlackRock, these big builders, these big lenders, it's not about selling these homes anymore. I think it's going into rentals. And I think there's a whole generation that's being created by the narrative that's out there that is causing people, I don't necessarily want to own, actually renting is better. And rental, rent is off the charts expensive right now. Unbelievable, I don't know about where you live, but it is here. So I'm watching things going, okay, this is very fishy to me. Why are they building so much when they know people can't afford to buy it or they know foreclosures are gonna come? I believe it's their end game. By 2030, you'll own nothing and happy. These, these neighborhoods are being created, I believe, with the intent as rentals by 2030 and the majority of people are gonna be in them, they can't afford these houses, can't afford to pay these ridiculous mortgage rates, let alone rent. But what else we hear about universal basic income? That's coming, guess what? You'll be able to own nothing, and you'll be happy. You have a nice home to stay in, you get a universal basic income, all of the useless people like us, we all get the same amount of money. Um, Amos chapter eight's perfect example for all of this, and I think. Oy vey. They oppress the poor so severely that for a little bit of silver they can buy a person from a poor family and turn them into a slave and trade a poor person for a pair of shoes. No matter what the leader said, they had no genuine thought of good toward the people. The people, Amos chapter 8, were useless and they were manipulated and these leaders stuck it to them. We just see it on a much grander scale right now. Listen, I want to say this before we move. We're going to be wrapped up here in just a minute. I'll get to your questions. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart because as it was then, it's going to be now. God says, I'm going to judge you because this is what you leaders are doing to the people. Be encouraged. Uh, stay focused on the Lord. Don't lose heart. Be hopeful. The end result of the wicked people is not good. God showed us their sinful condition. 
he also shows us there's suffering that is coming. Okay, let me read through this. I want to wrap up, get to your questions. The Lord is sworn by the pride of Jacob. Surely I will never forget any of their works. In other words, I've seen what the evil people have done. I've seen what these evil leaders have done. He says, that's what he's saying here. I will never forget any of their works. So don't lose heart. I'm watching. It may seem like these people are getting away with it. They are not. Their day is coming. It's coming. Surely I will never forget. Shall the land not tremble for this and everyone mourn who dwells in it? Of all, all of it shall be, shall swell like the river, heave and subside like the river of Egypt. Wow. Listen, he goes, I'm, I'm going to judge. I'm going to deal with it. If you're on the receiving end of pain or so, because of what people are doing, God says, I'll deal with it. Don't worry about it. Continues, verse 9. And it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord God, that I will make the sun go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your feasts into mourning, into grieving. The things that should be joyful, it's going to turn into grieving. You ignored me on the feast days, guess what? You're going to hate it when the feast day comes around. You're going to be grieving. And all your songs into lamentation. No more songs of joy. It'll be songs of weeping. I will bring sackcloth on every waist and baldness on every head. I will make it like the grieving for an only son and its end like a bitter day. I think of this. I personally think this is a reference because he says here, I will darken the earth and broad the daylight. The sun will go down at noon. So this didn't happen, yet it's going to happen in the future. And there's many commentators that believe Amos is shifting towards the end because of this and also um, because of the next verse we're going to read here in just a second. Uh, but notice what it says in Luke chapter 21 where Jesus was speaking. He said, there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts fail them from the fear and expectation of the things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. By the way, I want to comment here where it says the sea and the waves roaring. Some of my colleagues say, well, that's talking about the people, because often the sea is speaking of people, where, the, where they're roaring like lawlessness will abound, or will be upheavals and that sort of thing. Maybe. I don't know. It seems to me that in that context where Jesus is speaking in Luke chapter 21, uh, the context is all about the cosmos and, and creation. So I think it has to do with the literal sea and the waves roaring. But uh, I could be wrong on that. It's, it's not that big of a deal. But nevertheless, the connection from Amos with the sun going down at noon and I will darken the earth in broad daylight, that definitely connects with the last days, Luke chapter 21 of Jesus' words, and also with Revelation chapter uh, 6. Nevertheless, it did happen in Israel, 722 B.C., Assyria came in, they slaughtered the people, it was absolutely awful, and the people would have been mourning as they would see their children being slaughtered. It would have been horrific. However, what's interesting here it appears that that was a type of what is coming, that judgment back then, a type of what is coming in the last days, because God says this, I will make it, at the end of verse 10, like mourning for an only son, and its end a bitter day, grieving as for an only son. This is the same language that Zechariah chapter 12 uses in talking about the last at the end, when the Jews look up and they cry out for the Messiah to come and rescue them as Antichrist is wreaking his havoc, trying to destroy the Jewish people. Jesus said in Matthew 23, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In Zechariah chapter 12, that's what happens. Look at the, the language of Zechariah 12 and how it connects with the language of Amos chapter 8, verse 10. Look at this. Here it is. I will pour on the house of David and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look upon me whom they pierce. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for his firstborn. In that day, there shall be great mourning, great grieving in, uh, in Jerusalem. So you look at that and you go, okay, it looks like it's, it's actually... Amos here is projecting to the last days. So you start looking at everything, the elite oppressing, how they're oppressing, they're manipulating, they're making sure inflation, so they're charging more because the people want to worship God. 
amazing to see all these connections. Let's read to the end because this is where it connects with the famine. Check this out. The famine of the word. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land. Look at this. Look at this. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro seeking the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. In that day, the fair virgins and the strong men shall faint from thirst. Those who swear by the sin of Samaria who say, as your God, little G, as your God lives, O Dan, and as the way of Beersheba lives, they shall fall and never rise again. In other words, they refuse to surrender to the Lord. What happens? It's a famine of the word of God. Look at this. The language here is the same as Daniel chapter 12. I'm going to point out something to you. It might bother some of you guys, but... So let's think through this with me. Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. Daniel has these visions. He's asking the angel, help me to understand it. It's about the tribulation period and the nation of Israel, right? So he has these. He's saying, Daniel, Daniel saying to the angel, help me to understand. I, I, I see it, but I don't understand what these things mean. Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. The angel says, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Daniel, in other words, Daniel, it's not for you to know. At the time of the end, the understanding is going to be open to the people who are living there because they're the ones who are going to need it. They're the ones who are going to look and go, oh, I'm reading the prophecies. I get what's going on. And then he says this, many, uh, until the time, many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. All right. Now, many of my friends say uh, many shall run to and fro, speaking of travel, you know, because travel has increased like crazy, which it has, right? Uh, the The just traveling across the whole planet. You know, Elon Musk talks about traveling to Mars, okay? Travel to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. They so look at technology, um, how it increases. Like every day, like knowledge doubles or whatever it is. It's just insane. Artificial intelligence, all that. Listen, I think that that's a secondary meaning. I think the primary meaning in Daniel chapter 12 is like Amos, running to and fro, but there's a famine in the land. Um, in Amos, they're unable to find the truth that they need, and, and, they, and because they really reject it, they don't find the hope that they need, and they're going to suffer. However, also in Daniel, he says here, and knowledge shall increase. In the context, it appears to be it's running to and fro through the word, the prophetic word, the knowledge, the primary meaning is the knowledge of the prophetic understanding of the word is going to increase. Again, Daniel was asking, um, I want to know the understanding. Daniel, it's not for you to know. It's for those who are living at the time of the end. Uh, the people are going to run to and fro, just like Amos. Amos says there's a famine in the land, a famine of the word. But knowledge shall increase. For those who want to know the truth, friends, they're going to get it. And that's probably a lot of you that are watching this. And that's probably one of the reasons why you watch messages like this or JD, or some of the other guys, Billy Crone, Brandon, and, and on down the list, Jan Markell, you're trying, you want to connect, and you're thinking, okay, I want to have an understanding of the truth of the Word. And so you're reading, and it makes a lot more sense to you than it did a year ago. In fact, many of you, probably within the last two years, or two years ago, weren't even into this stuff at all, maybe not even saved yet, but then you are, and all of a sudden you go, wow, I can see this, I can see how this connects with that, I can see how all of these things connect together. Listen, this is a reason for our hope. Think of this, um, nine years ago, because uh, he says here in, in uh, Amos, they will stagger, here, let, let me find it, they will stagger from sea to sea, uh, wander from sea to sea and from north to east, they shall run to and fro seeking the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it, they won't find it. They aren't really looking for the truth. They're not going to find it. Um, but those who really want to know, they will find it. But listen, nine years ago I wrote this. It appears like Israel of old, America and the West is about ready to stagger from sea to sea. I wrote that nine years ago. Folks, here it is nine years later. We are staggering from sea to sea. In America, you think America, the, the uh, beautiful God shed his grace on thee and crown is thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. We're staggering from sea to sea. The entire Western world is. And, and uh, 
there's a famine in the land. Listen, speaking of famine in the land, I, I had this quote from this morning. This is from John MacArthur. He said, uh, to all of us in Christ, our best life is yet to come. The only way this could be your best life now is if you're going to hell. Folks, that's a straightforward statement. But here's the thing is when you don't have the word, there's a famine in the land, you're looking for your best life now. You're not looking to the word. I'm guessing you guys are watching this, so you're looking to the word. People are staggering without hope and without Christ in this world. They need the truth of the word. The word gives life. People are depressed, they're discouraged, but Christ has come. To the woman at the well, he satisfies. To the man that is lame at the pool, he satisfies. To the woman caught in adultery, he satisfies. To the thief, he satisfies. To the discouraged, the lame, and the blind, he satisfies. As we look around, keep this in mind, the world and everything in it will end, but the wise person plans for eternity. And I look at this, this is a message of hope. As it was back then, it's starting to happen again on a much grander scale, but it's a reminder that Jesus is coming. All of his prophetic word is going to be fulfilled. Listen, let me go to your questions ASAP because, well, because I need to. So uh, let's get going there. Uh, start sending in your questions. Here we go. Listen, oh, by the way, as far as I know, we are live right now on... Um, uh, so if we get cut off on YouTube and Facebook, even tonight, I think, oh great, I can see questions here. If we get cut off on YouTube right now in the next few minutes, we're still going to be live, uh, I believe, on the website. Um, so that, but we're trying. We're working on it, and I think it's all going that direction. Oh, by the way, I want to mention this as you're getting ready to send in your questions. Tomorrow, live with me, 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, live cast. Billy Crone is going to be with me. Great, we're going to be talking about... We're going to be talking about what's coming. Uh, Brandon Holdhouse is going to be with me live, 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Tuesday. So great lineup this week. Billy Crone tomorrow, Brandon Holdhouse on Tuesday. Our conference is coming up at the end of this week at Huntington Beach, California. Uh, so fantastic. Let's get going with the questions. This first one, Stephen Swartz, if a child that is probably under the age of accountability gets saved or unsure if they were saved, does that stay with them when they get older, no, because you, as you grow older, you have accountability. Well, if they're, well, wait a minute, let me take that away. If they're saved, I believe you're saved, if you're genuinely saved. The problem is, there's a lot of people that um, think uh, they, they're, someone is saved, and you go, well, man, they're living like hell, but they must be saved because they told me they said the sinner's prayer. Listen, we're not saved by the sinner's prayer. We're saved by grace through faith. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. The sinner's prayer is quoted by many pastors out there. I've quoted it before, but it's just a tool. That's all it is. The problem is this. We need to recognize we are sinners. We're, we've, we're, we're not perfect. And, and if we're genuine in uh, the surrender to Christ, then we're genuinely saved in trusting in him. But you can't just say a bunch of words and think you're going to heaven and so that's, that's what the problem is. So if a person is genuinely saved, I believe they're genuinely saved. The problem is whether or not somebody is genuinely saved. Let's get next question. Melissa says, if Netanyahu gets back in, do you think he would agree to the Abraham Accord strengthening of the peace plan? Me? What do I think? Yeah, I, I, I do. Um, totally. Wasn't he before? I, I, believe he, I, I believe so. So yes, I do believe so. Question. Let's see. Um, I know I saw it on here somewhere. Brandon Holdhouse said sin was a candy stick. What? Yeah, Brandon Holdhouse is right. Okay, question. You've, there it is. Uh, Michael Digman. You've in the past hoped for a ribeye tree in heaven. Is it too much to ask for a coffee river <laughs> next to it? Uh, excellent discussion tonight, Pastor. Thank you. Uh, yeah, ribeye tree. Listen, you know, I don't believe we're, there's going to be animals that are going to be slaughtered in heaven. Um... I, I don't believe it's going to happen in heaven on earth. Absolutely. God, in fact, 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, the Bible says one of the doctrines of demons, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, is commanding you not to eat uh, foods or meats. That word foods literally means food that is fit for human consumption that God has blessed and sanctified, and we pray over it, uh, meaning meat. He's blessed. He say, yeah, kill and eat. So... Um, the Bill Gates of the world, they're trying to take that away. That's weird. They're creating lab meat. That's a, that's a 
prophecy of fulfillment from 1 Timothy chapter 4, that in the last days we be commanded not to eat those things. So um, on earth, we're, yeah, eating meat is good. I, I mean, I love steak. I love using my smoker, any of my different bar. I, I, I have a little Weber. I've had it for years. I think I bought it for 25 bucks years ago. I still use it. I have a smoker. I have a griddle. And I, it's one of my enjoyments in life is to cook. The other enjoyment is better. It's, it's to eat these things. But in heaven... No, I, I imagine we won't be, animals won't be slaughtered in heaven. Um, the millennial kingdom will be a little bit different, um, but in heaven we won't be slaughtering animals. And um, so I like ribeye so much. I have said a few times I could imagine a ribeye tree in heaven. Wouldn't that be awesome? There's a tree growing. You just go up and you pick off your ribeye. It's got the perfect, it's got the perfect marbling and all. It's not a Bill Gates ribeye. It's not, no, not at all. Okay, let me move on. Uh, Debbie says, a question, let's see. Are, if you are saved, this is from Dwight. If you are saved but are deceived at some time in the future, are there any implications to this? Yeah, I think that there's a lot of people that are saved and they're deceived. They're not paying attention. Listen, you got to stay in the Word. If, if you're a Christian and you're not in this daily as a daily bread, man, you're going to get knocked off. There's all kinds of stuff out there to manipulate you, and the devil manipulates people. Look at the days of Lot and the day uh, and uh, with Lot. Lot's living in Sodom, and no doubt there were issues there. Uh, you look at the Corinthian Christians; there was carnality going on there. Yet God, uh, Apostle calls them brethren. So you look at that; you have deception. In fact, the writings from the first church and for the church and what we're supposed to do came because Paul was dealing with issues and some of the people were deceived and the warning from Jesus, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. The only way you're not going to be deceived is through this. The deception will be so great in the last days that Jesus even said, if it were possible, even the elect would be deceived. So if it were possible, so deceived by Antichrist and the false prophet, if it were possible. But there is a deception that comes um, that, that you can be deceived in this thing or that thing. Um, uh, you won't be deceived to take the mark of the beast. That's different. Because if you're deceived to take the mark of the beast, then you ain't saved. You know, so there, I guess you would say there's certain levels of, of deception. You, know, you can be deceived by a person and go, man, I can't believe I fell for that. You can be deceived by a pastor and say, I can't believe I listened to that guy. What a crook. You know, that sort of thing. So it depends on when you talk about deception, what is it? What type of deception is it that's going on there? Because um, there's some wicked deception out there that anybody should just be alert to if you, if you are, are a Christian because the Holy Spirit dwells in you and he gives you wisdom and understanding and discernment. And so some of these things you should definitely be able to figure out. Uh, Christopher Wright, question, do you need determination and I'm not sure what the next word is, where it is, uh, influences to hold to once saved, always saved, such as Augustine held to, um, a determination. I don't know. I'm committed to uh, trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ and pressing forward with all of my heart. Uh, Debbie Van Brunning, Rosh Hashanah this year, the beginning of the tribulation. Watch Mark uh, Built messages and read between the lines. I've watched many things by Mark Built. I used to watch him years ago. Then I found out that some things were not so. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, I've been hearing Rosh Hashanah every year for years. And I think we need to be, just a warning, I think we need to be really uh, careful. Okay, let's get to another question here. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm looking at them. Stop wherever you see a question. Uh, let's see. Let me just stop here with Rebecca. The seven seals are wrath as well. I do believe they are all part of the tribulation period, Rebecca. Yes, I do. Um, can you stop here? Hold on, I saw a question here. If you could pull it back. Okay, hold, up, hold on there just a second. Okay, so with the judgments, what you see with the seals is different than what you see with the trumpets or the bowl judgments, and that's where the confusion comes in. But I believe with the seals, especially you see it with the first four horsemen of the apocalypse, uh, the, um, God, turns the, God turns man, leaders over to do what they want to do. That is a judgment in and of itself. Antichrist is a judgment upon the people. They're going to be, here's total deception. They're going to be deceived by Antichrist thinking he's awesome. He's a judgment in a, and upon the world. The mark of the beast is a judgment upon the world. So the, the, when you have the, the seals that are loosed, especially the first four, yeah, those are judgments as God is turning man over to do what man wants to do. 
You want to have a world leader of globalists? You'll be turned over. You want to have war? You're going to be turned over to these guys. Famine, you're going to trust these world leaders for uh, economic happiness? You're going to get that black horse of revelation. Uh, you're going to get the pale horse of revelation. So God turning um, the world over to these wicked leaders, that is a judgment too. And the fifth horse is when Christians are being slaughtered, those who are coming to faith in Christ. Uh, let's see, next question. I saw it here a minute ago. There it is. D. Hurdle, are people with learning disabilities saved according to their comprehension? I do believe, yes. I mean, there's people who, who can't. They can be um, five years old and they can be 50 years old, but they don't have the mental capacity to really be able to understand what is sin, um, what is salvation, Whoa, who is Jesus. They don't have that mental capacity. There's a lot of people that are older and they are mentally handicapped, so they are unable to um, uh, process those things uh, correctly. Let me see. I know that um, we have to. Oh, so I have a little, little bit of a dilemma. So sometimes on Sunday nights, I've been going a little bit over, like 5, 5.15. Tonight, I don't have that option because we're testing out our new live stream. By the way, if it works, I can do what JD does. Um, I'm able to go off YouTube and off um, Facebook and then uh, be on, the, like Roku, I'll still be on there and our website and things like that if I'm gonna, when I'm going to say things that are too sensitive for YouTube, too hot for YouTube. So we're testing out all week, as I mentioned, and seeing how it goes. If it goes well, then, then we just, it's going to be great because then right in the middle of any message, I can say, let's go off. Let's go off of YouTube and Facebook and go over here. In fact, uh, I want to say this is a great time to just download the app if you haven't. It's, da it's free to download the app. Hope for our times. It's pretty easy to uh, find it. Uh, maybe Matthew can pull, you up, pull up a picture so you can see what the app looks like. Download the app. It's absolutely free. Get the news updated. You have a Bible on there. You have other articles I post from other people, other videos I post from other people, and so forth. So it's great. So you can always have it, and um, uh, it'll keep you updated with everything. But yeah, if we if we have to go off of YouTube, you'll still be able to watch these videos on the app. You'll be able to watch it on the website and the other places. Okay, next question. Um, ready? I think I've got enough time for one more question. Oh, there's a lot more here. Okay. Uh, let's see. Question. Doesn't it say we should have evidence of good fruit if truly born again? JD. Uh, yes, absolutely. Jesus actually says that. And so, you know, and that's the, the problem is, you know, here, here's what I get as a pastor. I'm going to have to make this quick because I know we're about ready to get cut off on uh, the live stream, um, the other live stream. So, um, here, I get this a lot as a pastor. Well, they prayed the sinner's prayer when they were 23 years old, and, um, and now they're 50 and they passed away. Well, how did they do after they prayed the sinner's prayer? Well, they lived like hell. You know, they were never obedient to the word. They never went to church and so forth. But I know they're in heaven because they said the sinner's prayer. Folks, there's a problem with that. You know, Jesus says, um, you'll know them by their fruit. A good tree can't bear, uh, won't bear bad fruit, and a bad tree uh, can't bear good fruit. And, and so you, you look, it's not, I don't have, I can't judge a person's salvation. Because again, you had the Corinthians, they were, you had a lot of worldliness in there. You can look at the, the two gossipy ladies in, in uh, what book is that? Was that Philemon? Uh, I don't think it was Philemon. Philemon's about the slave. Um, uh, I can't remember what book it was. Actually, I think it was in Philemon. And so you have gossip in there. You have greed in there. You have different things going on. You have the Corinthian church problem. People say to me, I wish we could just go back to the first century church. Well, the first century church was full of all kinds of problems. You had the Jews who didn't like uh, the Gentile Christians. You had the Gentile Christians who didn't like the Jews, the Jewish believers. So you had all this different stuff going on back then. Um, and uh, so I look at that and think, okay, but, there, but yes, ultimately you're, life should project towards righteousness. You, you, you should be better. I've, I've been a Christian, for example, 30, about 35 years. So I'm a lot different today. Let me see how much time I have left. I think I have about one minute. So I'm a, uh, today, I'd like to think I'm better than I was 35 years ago. I can look back at my life. I'm not perfect, though. But my trajectory is going that way because I know this is what the Lord wants. My desires to be obedient to Him, my desires to press forward, my desires to keep my eyes 
fixed on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of my faith, and that he would continue to cleanse me. It's the process of sanctification. Salvation begins the moment we genuinely receive Christ. The evidence that we've received Christ is in the life that we live. Not perfection. We'll be perfect when we get there. The Apostle Paul said, man, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing those things. That's the Apostle Paul. But nevertheless, we must have that trajectory. We're going towards righteousness. We're pursuing righteousness. If we aren't, then we should question whether or not we've actually uh, received Christ. Listen, um, I do need to check out because um, we're going to be cut off here. I don't want to be cut off. That would be a bummer. But um, with that, uh, I do want to just reminder, Billy Crone will be with me tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Brandon Holthouse will be with me Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Our uh, live event begins this Friday, be this Friday and Saturday. Again, the speakers, uh, David Tao, he's here from Israel. He's going to be speaking. Uh, Monkey's going to be there, Monkey Works. Uh, James Cadiz, Don Stewart, Don Perkins, Andy Woods, Brandon Holthouse, Joe Pettick, uh, Billy Crone. Well, I'll be there. Of course, I'll be there uh, because we're hosting the conference. And uh, listen, I hope you can join us on live stream. Again, it's only $14.99. And you'll, this is how you're able to watch it. You're going to get a link. All you got to do is super easy. Click on the link. Bada boom, bada bing. It's there. You can watch it. That's all you got to do. You don't got to go anywhere. You don't have to contact me or nothing. Just click on the link. Once you, uh, once you uh, register, click on it. You get to watch the conference. You get it for 30 days. It's going to be uncensored too, which is pretty awesome. I'm excited about it. An uncensored prophecy conference, that's pretty cool. Hey, listen, God bless you guys. Hope to see you tomorrow with me uh, and, and Billy. Tuesday with Brandon and myself. Wednesday, I'll have an update. Thursday, I'll have an update. Friday, we start the conference. God bless you guys. See ya. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.